Welcome to the Highland Park Community Church Podcast. Our goal is to serve and encourage you as you build a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Join us now as we study the Word of God together in this week's episode. All right, so we are on week three of our Emotionally Healthy Discipleship series. I did say it this time, and I didn't get tripped up, so that was good. Uh, (laughs) um, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to get started. So, Abba Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. We thank you so much for what you've done tonight. We thank you so much for... uh, the prophetic word and the exhortation to come after it, Lord, we just uh, clear our hearts, clear our schedules, set us up to be prayer warriors that go out and do what needs to be done here. Um, thank you for Pastor Mike and Manny and everyone else that's come to walk with me through Highland Park as we've like got to hang out and talk about you and I pray over certain areas. I, I ask for more of that, more partnership, uh, more time to dedicate certain areas of Highland Park to you um, and the courage to go out. So we thank you for your word tonight. Uh, hopefully we'll, we can get through this in a timely manner. Um, and we give you all the honor and glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, let's go to Luke 10. We're going to go to Luke 10. So we are talking about the failures that we have seen in the church that have hindered us from becoming both spiritually mature and emotionally mature. Over the past two weeks, we've talked about, uh, well, the first failure is we, as a church, we haven't pushed people to become emotionally mature. Um, And over the past two weeks, we talked about the reasons why that happens. Uh, If you would like to know more about that, revisit the teachings that we did over those couple weeks in the podcast. If you want to get the hookup for that, you can see me later. We'll get hooked up. This week, we're going to talk about hopefully the final three, but if not, at least one or two um, before we get into some of the solutions or some of the marks of, of people who practice being both spiritually and emotionally mature. All right. So, This week, we're going to start with failure two. Failure two is uh, we emphasize doing for God over being with God. 
It, we emphasize doing for God over being with God. And uh, in a church as small as ours, it's easy to feel like we have a lot of stuff to do and not a lot of time to do it, especially since we're all uh, idealists to some extent that want to make an impact here, especially knowing that we have inherited a mission and the prayers and are even the answers to prayer that have been prayed here for a long time. So uh, I'm going to get more into this. This is actually solution number one is learning how to be with God before you do for God. So I'm only going to get into this, but so much, and then we're going to revisit it at a later date. Okay. Um, so look, oftentimes our busyness compromises our ability to simply be with Jesus. Um, let's look at Luke 10 verses 38 through 42. I'm going to go ahead and read it to you guys. I know I've been teasing you guys with my, my new uh, Tree of Life Bible, talking about how cool it is. So I brought it out so we could, we could read through it tonight. Uh, I don't know if you guys knew this or not, but Mary's real name, her Jewish name, wasn't Mary. It was Miriam. So, yeah, I like that. You ready for this? Now, while they were traveling, Yeshua entered a certain village, and a woman named Martha welcomed her, him into her home. She had a sister called Miriam who was seated at the master's feet, listening to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. So she approached Yeshua and said, Master, doesn't it concern you that my sister has left me to serve alone? Then tell her to help me. But answering her, the Lord said, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and bothered about many things, but only one thing is necessary. For Miriam has chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from her. All right. So what can we learn from this just in this brief period of looking at it before we super dissect it over the next couple weeks? Um, we can learn that Mary chose the greater portion. Being with Jesus is better than doing for Jesus. Because our doing will only take us as far as our being. You need to learn how to be before you can do. If we refuse to be with him, then eventually all of our doing with him will fall, for him will fall apart. We'll get burnt out. We won't want to do it anymore. We'll lose heart. We'll become bitter. We'll become resentful. And we'll fall apart. Miriam chose to slow down to be with Yeshua. Because she slowed down to be with him and allowed the simple act of beholding him to be the cornerstone of her relationship with, with Jesus, he chose to appear to her first before he ascended. Sitting at her master's feet was the prime objective of her life as it should be ours. Right. If Mary hadn't slowed down, to be attentive to what Jesus was doing and saying, I don't know if she would have recognized him at the tomb. Because at first she didn't. It took her a minute. If Martha had showed up because she hadn't spent as much time with him, would she have recognized him? I don't know. I, I can't say for, for certain. So let me ask you this. Have, have, have we slowed down enough 
to recognize the voice of Yahweh when the stresses of life hit us? Or are we so caught up in busyness and emotions that we miss his voice entirely? Things to ponder over the next couple weeks. How often are you making time to sit with him? Are you missing him? I was listening to Bill Johnson today, and he was talking about how that word wait in wait upon the Lord actually means to set a trap. And so when we wait upon the Lord, we're supposed to set up the desired situation for the Lord to draw near to us because we're drawing near to him. We, we are pursuing his presence in such a way that it sets up the perfect arena for him to want to be with us. But if we don't know how to wait, if we don't know how to behold him, if we don't know how to just sit and be with him, then when he shows up, we may miss him entirely. Failure number three. We ignore the treasures of church history. <laughs> this is a prominent failure in all streams of Christianity. Uh, just, it's really bad sometimes. Um, yeah. When you say streams, what do you mean streams of Christianity? Like streams of thought. Like we're all one big river, but... There are different streams that flow into the river. Okay. Does that make sense? Well, can we can we go back? Um, yeah. Um, ignore the treasures. Ignoring the treasures of church history. Church. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Yeah. Um. So let me ask you guys this: How many of us in our church, outside of the Book of Acts, can say that we have read or know anything about church history after the apostles? A little bit here and there? Yeah. All right. Uh, so rather than ragging on what we what we miss, which we're going to get into, or you're going to see some things that we've missed a little bit here and there, let's focus on some truths about the situation. All right? Truth number one is that we are one stream within the larger river of God. Um, I personally came from the Evangelical Baptist Church. That's where, uh, I, I mean, I didn't get saved there. I got saved at a metal show. Uh, but I went back to um, the Baptist church after I got saved. I took a year off to read the entire Bible all the way through, and then I went back. And I stayed long enough to get baptized. And then I got attacked by a bunch of demons. And because of the Baptist church and their positions on things, the pastor didn't know how to help me. But he pointed me in the direction of different denominations that did know how to help me. He was wise in that regard. Um, so get this. Uh, the evangelical movement as a whole uh, traces back about 500 years to the Reformation that was initiated by Martin Luther. Over the centuries, it has been shaped by a plethora of Christian leaders and movements, uh, such as John Calvin, Jonathan Edwards, The Great Awakenings, Charles Finney, uh, Sojourner Truth, William J. Seymour, my personal favorite, John G. Lake, Amy Simple McPherson, and Billy Graham. 
These are all people within the evangelical movement, but even within the people that I named, they're all a part of different denominations and different rivers. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I bring this up because there are many great Christian leaders that we miss out on. If we are just one stream that makes up a giant river, uh, then we have to get to know the other streams. We got to get to know what they're like. This is refreshing because there's a strength in each of these moves of the Lord, but we remain weak when we refuse to learn from one another. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that we should endorse heresy by any means, because there are, there is some heresy out there. But what I'm saying is let's not miss out on what God is doing. Let's learn from his different movements so that we don't miss out on what he's doing. Yeah. It's funny you said that. When I was sitting back here praying, the Lord gave me a word and said we have to learn to embrace each other's differences. Yeah. Yeah. And and the way they, they worship the Lord. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. True, true unity cannot exist within a culture of conformity. Right. If we all conform to the same thing, then we'll never truly know what it's like to be in unity because we all believe exactly the same thing all the time. Um, that is so good. Mm. So here's truth number two: uh, we are one global church with three main branches. Uh, so there are three main branches of Christianity. There's the Orthodox branch, which the Orthodox would say they are the true branch of Christianity. They've been around the longest. There's the Catholic branch. The Catholics would argue that they are the true branch and they've been along, around the longest. And then there's the Protestant branch. We don't get to say that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we, the Protestant branch has only been around for like five or 600 years, give or take. Uh, but before... 1054, there was only one church. That first millennium belongs to us all, and there's no separation there. You can trace the Protestant church back to the Catholic church, which you can trace back to the Orthodox church, all the way back, right? That first 1,000 years belongs to all of us. We all get to inherit those testimonies, those teachings, um, that theology, So we have so much to learn from our brothers and sisters that think differently than us, regardless of how we view certain doctrines. God hides himself for his people to find him. And there are infinite characteristics of Yahweh that we miss when we stay inside of our own echo chambers of theology. So this is where it gets fun. Truth number three. You guys ready for this? We are one movement with our own dirty laundry. And we have a lot of it. Truth number three. We're on failure number three, but truth number truth number three within that failure. Well, say, say that one more time. We are one movement with our own dirty laundry. So look, as great as the Protestant movement has been for the past 500 years, and it has been in a lot of ways, there are plenty of blemishes that we can't ignore. To ignore them would be to hinder us from learning from our mistakes and would doom us to repeat them. Um, Check this out. Martin Luther, the guy who started the Reformation, the Protestant movement, 
he uh, felt called to minister to Jews, but because he had such trouble converting Jews, he ended up hating them and wrote essays that the Nazis used to justify their anti-Semitism and attack the Jewish people during the Holocaust. Uh, Is that why Jews think that we hate them? Yep. Big reason. Yep. They did. But I'm not gonna that's a whole other Yeah, we got a lot of That's why I'm encouraging you guys to read this stuff so you can know it. Because if we don't know it, then we, we, we're doomed to repeat the, the, the failures of the past. Uh, hopefully I pronounced this guy's name right. Ulrich Zwingli was a Reformation pastor and theologian. And he condoned, get this, he condoned the torture and the drowning of Anabaptist Christians because they believed in baptism by full immersion rather than by sprinkling. So drowned them? Yep. He endorsed it. Christian pastor. Jonathan Edwards and George Whitfield were slave owners. In fact, a lot of pastors were back when America was first founded. John Wesley. What a great man. His marriage was so dysfunctional that he couldn't live with his own wife. The Azusa Street Revival, although it brought race together in a lot of in a lot of ways, it was also split over intense racism. In fact, the guy who started the Azusa Street Revival, William J. Seymour, for a long time didn't get credit for starting it because he was a black man. And when he was baptized in the Holy Spirit, he couldn't even be in the same room as the white pastors that were praying for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, led by Charles Parham in 19, 1900. He was outside and he saw what was happening through a window and the Lord hit him and he fell back and got up speaking in tongues. More failure. Moral failure has been a part of the church for generations. And we, we can't deny it. We can't run away from it. The best that we can do is learn from it and become better ourselves in this generation. We also can't be scared of our own mistakes because the Lord redeems everything and uses everything. We have to be willing to air our dirty laundry and learn from it. Um... Failure number four, and I think this is probably the biggest one, in my opinion, is that we define success wrongly. We define success wrongly. Someone want to go to John 1 for me? I'll let you know when to read and what to read when I get there. Um, so get this. Our, our culture, because we live in an American culture that's defined by the American dream, where things, uh, when if things are bigger, then they're better. So we have bigger churches. We have better worship. And it'll lead to more conversions. Um, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with the American dream. 
What I'm saying is that it's wrong to idolize the American dream when oftentimes the standards of the kingdom of God are in the complete opposite of what the American dream is. So, look, these things aren't bad, especially having more conversions. However, they are not to be the definition of success. Success is, according to Scripture, the process of becoming the person God calls you to become and doing what God calls you to do in His way and according to His timetable. We can't become the person that we're called to be our way or on our timetable because it doesn't work. We'll only become frustrated and resentful. According to this definition, the numbers of our church may be declining, but we may be succeeding. Are you open to that? Let's look at the life of John the Baptist. Uh, in Matthew eleven eleven, it says, Amen, I tell you, among those born of a woman, none have arisen that is greater than John the the Baptist. None, none of the prophets of the Old Testament are greater than John the Baptist. Not one. Which is crazy to me because John was beheaded and jailed and spit on. People thought he was crazy. Uh, according to how our culture defines success, John was not successful. Successful religious leaders have an advanced education, but John did not. Successful leaders have wealth and status, but John did not. Successful leaders are powerful in the world's eyes, but John was not. John was successful because he knew who he was and what his mission was. Who's got John 1 for me? All right, Mary, I want you to read John chapter 1, verse 20. He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. John knew he was not the Messiah. John 1, 23. Can you read that one for me? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. He knew what his calling was. It was to be a voice in the wilderness preparing the way for the Lord to come. He knew who he was, and he knew what his purpose in the kingdom was supposed to be. And get this, eventually he even lost followers because they decided to follow Jesus. He lost followers because he was thrown in prison, and then he was beheaded. This is not a great picture of success by today's standards. But that doesn't change the fact that he was the greatest of all the Old Testament prophets. <clears throat> There's a reason why I've been okay with us continuing to be a small church for a little while and build a healthy culture. There's a reason why we set up church the way that we do and we teach things the way that we teach here to where it's more of an open forum and people are allowed to ask questions. Because I believe that that's where a lot of real growth is going to come from, right? There's a reason why we do worship and prayer the way that we do now. Um, and, and we've gone over those things. 
I know that they're not attractive to the regular person that might be out on the street. However, I trust that God is going to lead the right people from our community in here uh, to be a part of our church. And I trust that the Lord is going to lead people in here from out of the community that are going to be willing to support us and be there for us when we need the encouragement and things that we need. For a long time, the prayer was, we need to get a church in Highland Park that looks different because the churches of Highland Park aren't doing enough. At least that's what some people have thought. I don't know. It's been hard to connect with them. I'm just going to be completely honest. I've been trying. Um, what I do know is that every time we do something meaningful, the entire church seems to get attacked. It happened recently. It happened several times last year. What I want from us is, is to realize that every time the entire church gets attacked at once, it's because we're on the right path. Right. We're doing something right as we do these things. We're making an impact in the community. We're building relationships. It might take time and it might be slow. But healthy things grow slow. And if we in here are not healthy, then the people that come in, we're only leading into more. They might get saved, praise the Lord, but they won't be discipled well enough to know what it's like to live as healthy people. And the Lord didn't just die for the remission of our sins. He died so that we could become healthy, mind, body, and spirit. So... To review, the four failures that have led people to not know how to be healthy disciples uh, in this age that we live in are that we tolerate emotional immaturity, we emphasize doing for God over being with God, we ignore the treasures of church history, and we define success wrongly. So uh, next week we have our dinner. And we're actually going to have Joe White come in. She has developed a strategy to reach out to the community. And because I want to build community with our community, and I figured if there are already programs and stuff out there that exist or there are programs that people are thinking of that we can implement, I'm not going to try to fix what's broken. I'm not going to try to start something that's new if something that already exists works. She has something that she wants to show us and encourage us in and partner with us in. So as we eat next week, she's going to come in and do a presentation for us so that we can figure out how to reach out to the Highland Park community better. All right? Um, I want you guys to be ready for that. I want you guys to welcome that. She is amazing. I've loved getting to know her and working with her over the past couple weeks. Um, she's awesome. Um, and then this weekend, uh, the thrift store is going to be open on Saturday. I think we have enough volunteers for that. What I'm looking for right now are people that are willing to walk the streets and pray and pick up trash and be practical. Because every time we've done that, we've gotten free stuff in favor from the Carolina market. So best believe I know where I'm going to be on Saturday. Uh, yes! 930. Yeah, yeah. I work six days a week, so my only day off is Sunday. 
Okay, that's okay. I get it. Yeah. I would love to be part of that. Okay. Okay. Well, maybe one Sunday, let me think about it. Maybe we can try to set up, if this is something that we all want to do outside of the typical times that we walk the streets, maybe, maybe on Sundays we can figure out a day where we can go out and do it because church people have a reputation of not being good church people after church on Sunday. So being good church people uh, in the community on a Sunday might be a good thing. So, are we gonna get some churches chicken? Is that what we're talking about right now? Well, that's some good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Let me pray. Let me pray. Um, also, this week, we are still meeting on Saturday. If you guys want to come, we're going to do chapter three. So be ready for that because this is a good one. Um, of, uh, of the John T. Maxwell book that we've been going over. So let's pray. Abba, we come before you in the name of Jesus. Uh, we thank you for tonight, Lord. We thank you for the impact that you've made. We thank you for what your word says. We thank you for the study that we're doing based on the book, Emotionally Healthy Discipleship by Peter uh, Scarzazo. Uh, Lord, I can never get his last name right. One day I will. Uh, thank you for Highland Park. We ask that you bless our prayers tonight, Lord. We, we trust that they are prayers inspired by you and your spirit. If they're not, convict us. Show us how to pray better. Um, Lord, we just thank you for everything that you're doing in our lives. We thank you for bringing Miss Sandy back to us tonight to hang out. Glad she didn't forget about us. Um, we thank you. And we give you all the honor and glory and praise in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Highland Park Community Church Podcast. We pray that you experienced the Holy Spirit in revelation and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. If you've been impacted by our ministry and would like to make a financial contribution or you'd like to partner with us to reach the Highland Park community, visit us at www.myhpcc.net. We'll see you next time.